In mid-September, state officials announced they were embarking on an update to New York's open space conservation plan, launching regional advisory committees to make recommendations on how best to protect and manage land across the Empire State. For more on this effort, we're checking in with Kathy Moser, who previously was a deputy commissioner for natural resources at the state's Department of Environmental Conservation and is now the chief conservation officer for the Open Space Institute, which works to promote the strategic conservation of millions of acres of land in North America. Welcome to the show, Kathy. Thanks, David. Glad to be here. So for starters, what exactly is the state's open space conservation plan and how is it utilized? Well, back in 1990, the legislature asked that DEC and the Office of Parks, Recreation and Historic Preservation put together the first open space plan for the state of New York. And soon after that, the 1993 Bond Act passed and the Environmental Protection Fund was created. So the open space plan is a blueprint on how that money, both the Bond Act funding as well as the Environmental Protection Fund money, should be spent for land protection in New York. And should we think of this plan as a strict set of rules that need to be followed or more a series of guidelines or principles that should inform decisions? I would say it's the latter. It's more guidelines because you're not going to find like, you know, Mr. XYZ's property is in the open space plan. They're going to talk about regions of the state that are important to conserve. And that gives both Department of Environmental Conservation, the New York State Parks, as well as the, the private land trust community in New York, a lot of latitude in finding willing sellers in some of those important regions to buy the land from. Well, you mentioned how the timing of the plan initially 30 years ago lined up with a bond act. Is it always the case that an update coincides with some sort of environmental spending like the one that voters recently approved for New York? Well, the last open space conservation plan was done in 2016, so it was time to update it. It is somewhat coincidental that it's happening the year after the Bond Act passed, but you also have some other really important legislation that Governor Hochul's administration, working with the legislature, has been able to pass. You have New York State 30 by 30 legislation that gives New York a goal of protecting 30% of its lands and waters By 2030, as you mentioned, you have the Bond Act. And then as well in 2022, there were changes to the wetland laws in the state of New York. And that will play a factor as well in the open space conservation plan. Well, as someone who was with the State Department of Environmental Conservation, can you talk about an example of how the plan in the past informed state regulatory or state policy decisions in any specific area? Well, I think the one thing that's really important to emphasize on the open space conservation plan is Department of Environmental Conservation and state parks guide the process, but there are nine different regional committees that are basically one person from every county, the county executives name somebody, and then there are other members of the public from those regions that are giving feedback to the next version of the open space plan. And so it takes a while to do a plan like this because you're getting so much public input, but I think that's really important. It is not a top-down plan, it is a bottom-up plan. The updates of the open space conservation plan also 
reflect the priorities of our society in New York right now. I would predict there's going to be a lot of talk about climate change in this open space conservation plan, about how protecting land helps sequester carbon, it mitigates flooding, trees take in carbon. So I think the plan will reflect the priorities of the state of New York at this moment in time. Well, speaking of codified goals that New York has, you mentioned that 30 by 30 goal of having, I think, 30% of New York's land and water conserved by 2030. How could that inform this latest update? For example, do you think it will represent a, a real change in direction from the last update, or does this just represent a continuation of priorities? Well, I think what it's going to do is it's going to make those regional committees, that public input, really think about what's protected in their region already. So what you want to do is it's not just 30% of all land. We want to make sure that we're protecting grasslands, which is one of the least protected habitats in the state of New York. You want to protect 30% of the wetlands, 30% of the the fresh water. And so I think the regional committees will have to look at what's protected in their region and start to identify what type of habitat, what type of land is not as well protected. If you're in the Adirondacks, there's probably a lot of forest protected there, but what other type of habitats should they be looking at to meet that 30 by 30 goal? And I guess the other clarification I would say is 30 by 30 doesn't necessarily mean buying land. It could also be restoring the habitat. So a lot of it is what we consider land protection, which means, you know, buying properties. But 30 by 30 also calls for some of those properties to be restored as well. Well, in reading the press release about the update to this plan, I noticed the state transportation commissioner is quoted. Do you think the Hochul administration was just hurting for quotes, or is this a process that will actually impact how we transport people and goods in New York? Well, Department of Transportation is one of the supporting state agencies, as is Department of State and the Department of Ag and Markets. And one of the things that the Open Space Institute's been doing on that transportation piece is what we call Greenway Trails. Most of these are abandoned rail lines in New York, and they are open space. They are green space for so many communities, and they are a link to urban communities, to disadvantaged communities, getting out to green spaces. So the Open Space Institute, we have plans for the west side of the Hudson for hundreds of miles of railroad, abandoned railroad lines to be turned into trails that people can get on their bikes They can walk, they can cross-country ski in the wintertime and gets them from populated areas out to the open spaces, you know, on the exterior part of some of the urban areas. So DOT does have a role because they're looking at how do we promote sustainable transportation in this open space conservation plan. Well, you mentioned that idea of open spaces being utilized uh, for trails, which may surprise people. So are there other misconceptions about open spaces that people should shake off? Correct. And another report I'd like to highlight is in 2022, the Open Space Institute worked with the New York Outdoor Recreation Coalition, and we issued a report called Open Spaces for All. And it talked about how do we get more people of color, more disadvantaged communities, more of the LGBTQ plus community to the outdoors. The National Park Service 
surveyed their visitors and they said that 75% of visitors to national parks are white. And that does not reflect our population. So back to the New York State Open Space Conservation Plan. If you live in the Bronx, if an acre of land is protected in the Bronx, I would argue that that acre of land is going to be more visited than 100 acres in like the Catskills and the Adirondacks. The 100 acres in the Catskills of the Adirondacks are really important, but we need to get more people in urban areas access to open space. And so with these regional committees, you'll see people in the Bronx and Brooklyn and Queens weighing in on what are the places that they would like to see protected that give them access to open space? And how can we get people in urban areas through a rail trail or a greenway trail system, counting that trail system as green space and getting them out to um, some of the bigger open space areas in the state? A lot of people think open space, huge areas, but an acre in an urban area is really important to that community. Well, we've been speaking with Kathy Moser. She is the Chief Conservation Officer for the Open Space Institute. Thank you so much for making the time, Kathy. Thanks, Dave. It was great to be here. Support for Capital Press Room provided by the William G. Pomeroy Foundation. Communities across the Empire State have stories to tell. A roadside marker funded by the William G. Pomeroy Foundation can help your town or city educate the public, encourage pride of place, and promote local tourism. More about the Pomeroy Foundation's New York State Historic Marker Grant Program for 501c3 organizations, nonprofit academic institutions, and local state and federal government entities at wgpfoundation.org.